0: If you would go and look with us again at our text scriptures that we've read previously. Proverbs 4 and Proverbs 18. Proverbs 4, beginning in verse 20. He said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart for their life unto those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Then in the 18th chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 18, verse 14, he said, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? The Amplified says, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? And so we've been talking about how that the thing that will help us get through, even... What people might call terminal problems, life-threatening situations, is a strong spirit. The thing that's going to help us get through financial problems is a strong spirit. The thing is going to help us get through relationship problems, career problems, ministry problems, church problems is a strong spirit. You know, I've seen people, I could name several people right now. That some of them sat in these seats right here. That were facing death. That the professional, people in the professional realm concerning doctors and medicine, that kind of thing, they they told them there's no hope, no hope. But they're alive today. Healthy, whole. Some of them, this has been 10 years. Some of them 20 years. Should have been, you know, from, from the natural standpoint, should have been dead 20 years ago. But they're alive. Doing good. And I tell you something that every one of them's got in common. They're fighters. They wouldn't quit. Oh man, a lot of times, different ones of them, man, they had opportunities to quit. Tempted to give up. Tempted to quit. When you're hurting, when it's rough, it gets easy just to give up and die. Just go on home and be with the Lord. It gets easier to die than to live. But friend, God's got some good things planned for you down here that you don't want to miss. So it's worth staying. It's worth fighting and doing what it takes to be here and to run your full race and to finish your course. But to do that, what's it going to take? Strong spirit. Strong spirit. Well, we've been studying this for several sessions now. But among other things we saw over in 1st Timothy 4, you don't have to turn there. But we saw two great principles. In developing a strong spirit, number one is nourishing yourself up on the words of faith. Feeding your spirit. Number two is exercising your spirit. And if you'll feed your spirit regularly and well, properly, and if you'll exercise your spirit regularly and well, properly, then you'll grow and develop and your spirit will become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And the stronger you are spiritually, then the better and more you can receive from God. The stronger you are spiritually, then the better and stronger and longer you can resist the devil. And the stronger you are spiritually, then the more you're in position to help other people that's not as strong. They can be fainting and fading, and you can come along and hook arms with them and say, Come on, brother. We're going to make it. But if it's taking three people to prop you up, then you're not in position to be helping somebody else. Right? So we said, we talked about this, about feeding your spirit. you got to nourish your spirit up. On the words of faith, Jesus said, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so every word that has come out of the mouth of God is faith food and spirit food. And it will nourish your spirit. It will nourish your human spirit in your heart. And cause you to be well fed and give you strength on the inside. Amen. And so the number one way to do that is with you and your Bible. You sit down and read your Bible. You know, I, I've said this previously, but i say it again. A good friend of mine, close friend of mine, has overcome cancer twice in the last few years. I mean, they could have been taken out both times. And they said when this thing first started, for the first time, that the Lord dealt with them to read the book of Mark every day. Sixteen chapters, book of Mark, every day. And so they've done it. Every day, usually the first thing they do when they get up in the morning, they read the book of Mark before they do anything else. And I'm well convinced that them having that much word in them on a continuous basis has been one of the great determining factors in them overcoming this thing both times. See, so many times people don't know how to keep themselves full of the word. They don't know. They play a tape along and don't half listen to it. You understand, they're doing something else and don't pick up half what's going on. And they sit down and read a verse or two and fall asleep. <laughs> you understand? i quote a verse here and there and think, well, I'm full of the Word. And the truth is, they're not full of the Word. Truth is, they're deficient, weak, because they hadn't been eaten, hadn't been nourishing themselves. I, I've advised folk that are, are coming and believing God for healing to read at least ten chapters a day. And uh, Feed yourself. Takes time. I said it takes time. And a lot of times, folks who are claiming, well, I just don't have time to do that, those same folk will prop themselves up in front of the TV for two and three hours at a time, you know, and feed on a bunch of junk that's not going to help them overcome sickness. Did you hear me? You need to be selective about what you're feeding on, especially if you're in a life and death situation. You can't afford to eat a bunch of junk while your spirit's weak and can't receive. Man, you got to get serious. Got to get serious. Feed yourself good all the time, consistently. Get yourself built up. Well, now, another thing that we could talk about here is if you're going to get strong, you got to exercise, Right? But not only that, you've got to, not only do you have to eat good, not only do you have to exercise, but you have to rest. Do you know that? These guys, and these women too, that are, you know, power lifters, that get their body real strong and, you know, compete in the Olympics even, and what have you, different contests. They're out to pick up more weight and push more weight. And they have to feed their real good. A lot of times they'll eat five, six meals a day. Spaced in, you know, you know, the proper amount of time. And of course they're not just eating ice cream and potato chips either. <laughs> they're, they're eating something that's going to nourish them and fuel them, and something that's going to help their body to rebuild the muscle as they as they use it and push it. And then they push themselves hard. If you want to lift heavy weights You can't just lift light weights and then go to the contest and lift heavy weights. Right? You're going to have to use the heavy ones. And so, if they use those heavy weights, then they have to rest and give their body a chance to repair. Because really, you know, your muscles don't really get bigger necessarily while you lift. It's while you're resting that those, uh, old, the old muscle cells that were broken down are rebuilt with larger ones and replaced with larger ones. So you gotta have plenty of rest. A lot of times those folk will take naps all during the day and, and take, you know, get a lot of rest and, uh, you know, they're, they're either eating or sleeping or working out. Yeah. And, uh, I don't necessarily recommend that you do that unless you really feel like you're supposed to compete like that or whatever. That's gonna be your vocation. But, uh, you understand they you gotta rest. You gotta rest. Because if you don't rest, you're not gonna give your body the time to repair and build up like you should. How many know you need to rest spiritually? You need to feed yourself. And you need to exercise yourself, but you need to rest. I said, you need to rest. You need to rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor, And are heavy laden. And I'll I'll add to your schedule. (laughs) No. What did he say? Huh? I'll give you a bigger load. I'll give you rest. How many remember the Lord said that? Remember. Didn't he say that? Come unto me. All ye that labor. And are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. 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 You need to rest. I know different people that have really been, you know, fighting a life and death battle with sickness and disease. I don't mean just a couple of times, but repeatedly. I have virtually rebuked people that were supposed to be fighting for their life for doing too much. I have. I've spoken sternly to people on more than one occasion. They said, oh, I'm just doing good. I'm going here and I'm doing this. And I've told them, why? You need to be resting. And the reason I say that is because I've seen people that wouldn't do it. And they lost. Are you with me? See, we've been doing this more than a day or two now. and We've seen some things that work and we've seen some things that don't work. And if you've been told that you have a life-threatening disease and you know this thing is trying to take you out, then you have to get serious about living. And you have to monitor yourself. And part of recovery is rest. Rest. Is that right? I mean, even in the natural. Physicians will tell you. if you If you're dealing with a cold or dealing with flu symptoms or something, do this, do this, and what? Rest. Get plenty of rest. 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 You know, when uh, Lazarus died, before he was raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus told them, He said, Lazarus sleeps, but where I'm going to go that we may wake him. And the disciples thought He's talking about just natural sleep, and they said, Well, Lord, if He sleeps, He does well. And one translation says it like this, Lord, if he's, if he's sleeping and resting, he's sure to get better. And there's a truth there. If you can rest, if you can rest, you can get better. But do you know that you can't rest outwardly until you can rest inwardly? You can lay your body across the bed Close your eyes and try to relax but if you're not resting on the inside your body can't rest. Even if you do fall off into sleep it'll be fitful. You'll toss and turn, wake up and won't feel refreshed. If you can't rest in your heart and if you can't rest in your mind and if you can't rest in your solical parts, your emotional parts, then your body can't rest. Even if you're just sitting in a chair doing nothing your body's not at rest because your insides are not at rest. Even if you're lying across the bed trying to sleep or something. Your body can't rest because your insides can't rest. I've learned this in travel. So many times people, I mean they're half wore out before they ever get to the airport. (laughs) And you know why? Right here. Right here. The way they think. Because their insides and their mind is in such an upheaval. Just racing, racing, racing. And for no reason. For no reason. You're not carrying the plane. The plane is carrying you. I've seen people hold on to the seat and act like they're trying to hold the plane up, you know. Especially if you got in some bad weather or something, you know. You are not holding the plane up. You might as well just relax and let your weight rest on it, because it is anyway. And if you have a delay, or if you have a detour, or if this is tight, or if this is rushed, if you'll learn how to rest and relax, you don't have to be worn out, drug out by the time you get somewhere. Just staying awake or concentrating on the road or having to do with this and that is going to tire you a little bit physically, but not nearly what people wind up because of their mental and emotional states. Because people don't walk in peace. They don't walk in the manifest presence of God. They're not exposed to the glory much. And they don't walk in peace because they don't keep their mind on the right things and don't think right. And they don't walk in peace because they don't walk in faith. Faith is a rest, faith doesn't worry. Well, what if we miss our flight? Well, God's still on the throne. <laughs> what if this? What if that? Well, what if it does? God's still on the throne. You're still saved. Is that right? Still breathing. Hallelujah. A lot of things that you think you've got to do right now and you've got to do in just this way or that way, you find out that a thousand years from now nobody cares. A lot of times an hour from now, nobody cared. A lot of times at the time it was happening, nobody cared. Except you. So, if you're going to recover, you've got to rest. And if you're going to rest, you have to have peace. Have to be, if you're going to rest on the outside... You're going to have to rest on the inside. Aren't you? If you don't know how to rest, then you don't know much about faith. I never said that before. But I'll say it again. You know, just exactly like, sometimes there's better ways of saying things. But if you don't know much about rest, and you don't know how to rest, then you don't know much about faith. Because we which have believed do enter into rest. If you're just a hyper, uptight, tense individual, then you just need to realize that you're not much of a faith person. But thank God you can be. I said you can be. You can relax. I said you can relax. If if you're gonna recover, you need to rest. You know your body does a whole bunch of restoration work while you're asleep. Is that right? I mean, of course, you're using it, you're going during the daytime, what have you, but you're supposed to shut down and everything's slowed way down, you're breathing, your blood flow, everything, and the body has a chance to do some repair work and restore. And you're flesh and blood. You're not a steel machine. Flesh and blood. And uh, you can't just run flesh and blood constantly all the time without it breaking down. You've got to give it a chance to regroup, recover. You know, we should wake up every morning feeling refreshed. (laughs) Now, that sounded like a brand new revelation to, to some of you. The way, just the way you looked at me, you thought, refreshed? What is that? Refreshed. Anybody ever heard of refreshed? You know what? What's refreshed? Wake up in the morning and go, glory to God. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Man, I feel good today. Now that, that sounds like a foreign concept to a lot of folk. You know why? One of the, one of the major reasons why? You won't like the answer, but I'll tell you anyway. Go ahead. Because <laughs> folk don't live right. <laughs> I said folk don't live right. They just don't live right. I didn't say they were in this gross, terrible sin. They just don't, you know, they don't pay enough attention to the Holy Ghost. You know? And natural things, spiritual things, business things. They're doing this when they ought to be doing that. Doing this when they ought to be doing nothing. You understand? Staying up when they ought to be in the bed. And in the morning, sleeping when they should be getting up. (laughs) (laughs) or whatever, you know, people got different schedules, but I'm just saying, you know, zigging when you should be zagging. (laughs) Going when you should be stopping, stopping when you should be going, Just just not living right, according to the way the Lord would lead you if you'd pay attention to Him. If you listen to Him, He'll rearrange your lifestyle. Rearrange it for you. He'll say, cut this out. Oh, but i we've always done that. So, I didn't tell you to do it. Cut it out. <laughs> do some more of this. Do less of this. Don't cut this out, but cut it way back. Double this. Folk don't live right. They just don't live right. And because they don't, They forfeit a lot of the benefits and blessings that they should be enjoying on a regular, daily basis. Man, it it pays to obey, though, and, and to put the things of God first place. Not have yourself encumbered with a bunch of unnecessary things. I know a friend of mine, pastor of a larger church. He said a few years ago, he and I were talking about some things along this line. And he said that the Lord told him during the time of prayer, he said the Lord dealt with him and said, I want you to eliminate everything that's going on at the church that I didn't tell you to do. How many know it's easy to tack on a bunch of stuff? It is. You know, be led by opportunities, be led by needs, and that's not the same as being led by God. Just do things because you can, because you had an opportunity to do them. Just do things because it seems like there's an opening there, or maybe there's a need. You're not supposed to be led by needs. I said you're not supposed to be led by needs. Nor are you supposed to be led just by opportunities, but you're supposed to be led by the Lord. You're just one person. You're not supposed to take care of everything. You're not called. You're not responsible to cover all the bases and to do everything. You're just supposed to do what he tells you to do. Leave the rest of it to him. And those other people can do things besides you. Right? Yeah, but if they don't do it, if I don't do it, then it won't get done. It's not your job to try to see that everything's done. It's your job to do what the Lord tells you to do. Take care of that. And a lot of times if you wasn't doing some things, some folk would have to do some things. And you actually hindered the process by getting in the way. If you just back up and tend to your business, other folk would have to get on the ball and do their work. And that's what they should be doing anyway. But uh, it's easy to just accumulate a lot of things. You've got to watch about joining everything. I said you have to watch about joining everything. You have to watch about accepting every invitation for everything. I mean, there's some folk, I mean, they meet their self coming and going. They don't know, like we said that before, they don't know whether they're washing or hanging out. <laughs> Anybody know what that means? I mean, that's before the days of dryers. <laughs> that's pretty bad if you don't know whether you... Washing or hanging out. I mean. Don't know whether you're coming or going. Meet yourself coming back. Think. Did I do that or am I about to do it? Have I already done that or was that yesterday? I'm about to do it. Hmm. That's not walking in the glory. That's walking in confusion. <laughs> And the Bible said God's not the author of confusion. In fact, literally, the word there said God is not in confusion. The word author is in italics. It just literally says God is not in it. He's not in confusion. Because if you're in confusion, you're in there by yourself. Because he's not in there. He's not in there with you. It's just you in there by yourself. Now, sometimes you may have other people in there with you. But God's not in there with you. He's not in confusion. So if you want to walk with God, you can't be walking in confusion. You have to walk in peace. He's the God of peace. Three times in the New Testament you see that. God of peace, God of peace, God of peace. One other time, Lord of peace. That'd be about four times at least. The gospel's called the gospel of peace. Amen. The Bible said, 1 Corinthians 7, we've been called to peace. Peace, 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 peace. Peace. I love peace. Amen. I love peace. I'm addicted to peace. And don't want deliverance. I got to have my peace fix all the time. And I know how to get it. If I get too busy I get too rattled by this or that and I get to feeling I need my peace. I need my peace. I know what to do. To get off and get my fix. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't need drugs. Amen. Don't need alcohol. Amen. 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 I got something better. Yeah. Something far better. Amen. Far, far, far better. I mean, there's people take take handfuls of tranquilizers and can't get what I got. I mean, you can put yourself in a semi-comatose state and that doesn't mean you got peace. You can knock yourself out with drugs and tranquilizers and be, you know, be out for hours. That don't mean you're going to wake up refreshed because you hadn't been really having the rest of God. The rest of God's wonderful. It's refreshing, regenerating. Rejuvenating. Amen. Reviving. Quickening. Life-giving. Now I want you to notice with me a couple of verses here that talk about rest and talk about what we need to be strong spiritually. And how rest is a part of it. Go with me to Isaiah 40 if you would. Isaiah 40, let's look at a familiar passage of scripture here in verse 28, Isaiah 40, 28. He said, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not neither is weary did you know that i said did you know that he he's asking a question he said didn't you know don't you know that god doesn't get tired god doesn't get weak he doesn't get faint never not ever And there is no searching of his understanding. He understands everything. I'll let you on a little personal secret of mine. That is the lust of my soul. What do you mean? To know what he knows. That's the lust of my soul. Somebody said lust? Yes, Lust. <laughs> In that area, I am absolutely covetous and lustful. What do you mean? I want to know what He knows, I want to see what He sees, I want to understand what He understands. Not as badly as I could won't it, but somewhat. Because I'm telling you, that's the most exciting thing in existence. Is to see what he sees. And know what he knows. And understand what he understands. And we don't understand a fraction of what he understands. Such a small part. And we're not able to understand all he understands. But as we progress, we're able to understand more. As we grow, we can understand more. But that needs to be a lust of your soul as well. A great desire of your heart. To see what he sees. I mean, you know... You, you could get caught up seeing what he sees and understanding what he understands and have ecstasy beyond imagination. That's what people are looking for when they turn to drugs, when they turn to this and that. They want fulfillment and excitement and ecstasy. And You're not going to find it there. It's not there. Yet people keep searching the same places. But in God... It's there. It's there. In the glory of God. The splendor of God. The majesty of God. And in that glory, there's grace grace to understand. Grace to see. Grace to perceive. Grace. Glory to God. And verse 29 how many know God's not stingy? I mean, He's got all His strength. He never gets faint or weary himself. He's got all this understanding. But he's not stingy. He giveth. Verse 29 says, He giveth power. You want some power? Well, he giveth. How many want some power? Come on now, you want some power? All of God's children want power, power. You want power? Yes. I do, I do. I do. Well he giveth. He giveth. He giveth. But do you know how to receive? Because just because he giveth doesn't mean you enjoyeth or have it. Unless you know how to receive it. He giveth. But. You have to. Receive what he gives. He gives power. To the faint. To them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths. Shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. What's he saying there now? Natural strength will only take you so far. Is that right? Just being strong in yourself only gets you so far. I've seen people misunderstand, you know, what we teach about fighting the good fight of faith and being strong and not quitting. And they just, you know, grit their teeth and set their will and say, I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. But they're just depending on their power to make it. That's not enough. That'll only get you so far. That'll get you further than just giving up quitting. But your human ability and strength is so limited. And I mean, uh, if that's all you got going for you, sickness can wear you down to the point. Problems can wear you down. Poverty can wear you down to where you just are, are powerless. You've done everything you can do. You've got no more strength. So we're not just talking about you being strong in yourself. But like the New Testament said, being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Amen. That's a completely different thing. Completely different thing. Then you just thinking, well, I'm tough. I'm not going to quit. I'm tough. I'll make it. Not on your own you won't. I said, not on your own you won't. Because there's things bigger than you. tougher than you. Stronger than you you last only so long. Even the youths. How many of those youths have got some energy? Huh? Yeah. Youths. Little ones. You ever seen children? I'm telling you, boy. They'll bounce out of bed at 5.30. Wake you up. <laughs> Run and scream and yell tear up the yard, pull down the curtains, tell them to sit still. and look like it just is, you know, hurting them to have to be still for a few minutes. Man, they got energy to burn. But the youth shall faint. Be weary. That just lasts so far. Young men. I mean, see, the young men, they were the pride of the army. Is that right? I mean the youth, guys in their prime, the strong ones, the fast ones. That only takes you so far. Just flesh and blood. It it gets weak. But, verse 31, but they that what? Now notice something. God giveth power to the faint. How do you get it? But they that wait they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength boy this sounds like 2nd Corinthians 4 where we read you know that the outward man is perishing but the inward man is renewed being renewed day by day they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength renew their strength they'll mount up with wings as eagles Mount up. Mount up. You know, eagles, to get started, they have to flap their wings. But once they get going good, they don't. Once they get up high and get on those wind currents, all you've got to do is adjust the wing every now and then. To stay with the current. And I mean those wind currents. We'd throw an eagle up in the air a hundred feet just like nothing. Whoosh, right up you go. We'd throw a 747 up like that. You ever been on one? <laughs> 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 up, down, either way. And all you, I mean, you got something bigger than you, buddy. Way beyond you carrying you along. All you got to do is stay in the stream. Stay in the flow. Now, in order to do that, you have to make constant adjustments. I said you have to make constant adjustments. I mean people that fly planes. They have to make constant adjustments to stay on the course and heading that they want. The eagle, if he's going to fly this current, you know, if you ever watch some of them on on video or something, somebody has caught them, I mean they're continually moving the wing. Adjusting this. They can move the wing all kind of different ways. Pull in the corner of it. Turn it down. Incline. Decline. Staying where they want to stay. Well, the Bible said, Jesus said, that the Holy Ghost was like the wind. Remember that over in John 3? He said, you know, he's like the wind. Everybody that's born of the Spirit's like that. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. But you can sense it. Is that right? You can sense when you start getting out of it. You need to move back into it. So that you're riding it and it's carrying you. And you're not doing all the struggling in your own strength. I mean, if you're just having to carry yourself along, I mean, it doesn't take long, you're wore out. And it's a struggle just to make it along an inch in a time. But man, when you're just, all you're doing is making adjustments and this thing is carrying you... You can do this day after day after day, week in, week out, month in, month out, and just enjoy it while it's happening. Because the main thing you're doing is just making adjustments. How many know there's a huge difference between pushing and waiting? Struggling and striving and waiting and resting. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run, run, and run, and run, and run. And what happens? Don't get weary. That's supernatural. I said, that's supernatural. That means you are not just powering yourself. There's something else powering you. Something else under you, carrying you along. Is that right? Walk. Walk. And not faint. Just walk and, walk and walk and walk and walk. And folk wonder when are they going to rest? Well, see, what they don't know is we've been resting all along. <laughs> Hallelujah. We've been resting all along. Resting. Resting. Oh, glory to God. Teach us to rest, Lord. Teach us to rest. Teach us. I've learned a little bit about how to rest, but I see I need to learn more. A lot of folk know nothing about resting. Nothing. Not not even talking about a little bit. Nothing. The Lord has to remind you just every once in a while. Rest. Rest. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And if you're not resting, you're not in faith, so you're not pleasing Him. And I said, if you don't know how to rest, you don't know much about faith. Because faith is a rest. If you're trying to heal yourself, you're not in faith. If you're trying to meet your own needs, be your own provider and source, you're not in faith, you're not in rest. You're trying to straighten somebody's life out for them? Playing God and Savior and Deliverer? When you're not, it's no wonder that you wore out, sapped out, drained. And the problem is, people get like that and then get aggravated at the Lord because they're so wrung out. When it's not His fault. He never told you to do that. In fact, told you not to do it. Told you not to do it. I said it sometimes, it doesn't make you too popular, but it's just a fact, whether it's me or whoever it is, ministers that burn out are disobedient. It's just a fact. You're not doing what God told you to do. God's not some kind of hard, cruel taskmaster that just drives you till you drop. And then kicks you against and says, get up, we got work to do. That's not God. That's the devil. I said, that's the devil. Jesus said, come unto me. Right? He said, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is? Light. 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 So if you got a hard yoke and a heavy burden, you didn't get it from the Lord. That's between you and the devil. And other folk. Loaded you up and you let yourself be loaded up. Taking a bunch of cares. Then there's people get old before their time because they carry weights and burdens around all the time. But if you want to last long, you have to rest. You ever been to the zoo? Anybody ever been to the zoo? You ever seen the big cats in the zoo? A lot of times if you notice what they're doing, they're pacing Is that right? And if you had a stethoscope up against their heart, even when they're just laying down looking at you, their heart's going boom, 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 Real high heart rate. Have you ever seen an alligator at the zoo? (laughs) Huh? A lot of times you have to look three or four times before you see him because he's laying there in the water. He'll raise one eye sometimes and look around. (laughs) Raise an eye and look around. Did you know when that lion's bones are bleached in the sun, the alligator's still be resting in the water? Big cat's motor's just running too fast. And that's the way it is with Christians. If you don't know how to relax. If you don't know how to rest. Then uh, you're taking days, weeks, even years off your life. If you don't know how to get free from worry. If you don't know how to cast your cares on the Lord. If you don't know how to relax, rest. Then you will shorten your days. Not only will you shorten your days, but you'll ruin the ones you have. Don't enjoy them. Be tormented. Worrying about this, worrying about that, worrying about the other, fretting about this, not resting. God wants us to rest. I said he wants us to rest. 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 Go with me in the book of Psalms to the fourth Psalm, and I want to show you a few scriptures quickly. Some specific things that will help you along this line. If you haven't practiced it, that you can begin practicing it. Psalm 4. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Do you know how to wait on Him? Didn't get much response on that. Well, maybe just being honest. Psalm 4. A lot of folk don't. It hadn't been taught really that much. You understand? But notice some things here. Psalm 4. Psalm 4. And we'll read verse 3. Know that the Lord has set apart him that's godly for himself. God's got you set apart for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Notice that again. Commune with your own heart. Well now who's in your own heart? Holy Ghost is... Dwells in you. He's going to communicate with you through your own heart. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Be still. How many remember another psalm that said, Be still and know that I am God? That's over there in the 46th psalm, I think. Be still. You don't have to turn there, but be still, he said. Be still. How many of you can be still on the outside and still not still on the inside? He's not just talking about getting your body still. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Go over to the 63rd Psalm. Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse 1. O oh God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory. So as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary. Because Thy lovingkindness is better than life. Hallelujah. That's not an exaggeration. That's right. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because you've been my help therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. That's in his presence, friend. Hallelujah. That's in his embrace. That's in the glory. My soul followeth hard after thee. I'm right here, God. You turn right, I turn right. You go left, I'm left. You stop too quick, I'm going to run over you. Because I'm right right here. I'm going to run into you. My soul follows hard after thee. How many remember Peter followed afar off? Wound up denying the Lord. He trailed behind. You need to follow real close. Real close. Notice again he mentioned. Remembering the Lord on his bed. And meditating on the Lord in the night watches. You need to practice. Quiet times. Quiet times. Times of waiting on the Lord. It's actually quite simple. But you'll have to put your flesh under to do it. And you'll have to control your mind to do it. You need to have times when you're not reading your Bible. You're not studying your Bible. You're not praying and asking prayers and requests and petitions. You're not, you know, speaking in tongues real loud and strong. You're not exerting. You're not giving out. You're taking in. A lot of folk don't know. When you say pray, all they know is to, you know, yell at the top of their lungs. They don't know how to wait on the Lord. But you need to have times when you just get quiet, just you and the Lord. You're not reading your Bible. You're not doing a uh, word study. You're not praying in tongues at the top of your voice. You're not asking for a bunch of things. It's perfectly correct to just have your mind on the Lord and just be quiet, just be silent. And if you want to, just praise Him softly. But not exert yourself and give out, but take in. I said take in. If you'll put your mind on Him, And keep your mind on him, the Bible said thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And this is the acid test of whether your quiet time or meditation time or time of waiting on the Lord is doing you any good or not. It's whether you're keeping your mind on him or not. Now, if you get by yourself in your bedroom, shut the door and get quiet and just lay there and think about all your problems and lay there and think about all your distress, then that's not helping you at all. It's only if you are keeping your mind, stayed on him. Aware of his person, aware of his presence. Just keep your mind on him. And you need to do that longer than two or three minutes. Some folk, I think, have a bad habit of thinking that they've got to have something going all the time. (laughs) I've stayed in people's homes and whatnot different times, and they get up and they have four alarm clocks go off. (laughs) I don't like alarm clocks. I don't even use one myself. I don't like the sound of them. Just get up. If you're going to get up, just get up. And get up and turn on two radios, three TVs. (laughs) People got the the dog barking, the cat meowing, the kids crying. And then no peace in the house. And if you got kids, they're going to make a little noise, but you can still have peace in the house. You don't have to turn on a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of folk. You, you watch them. You're going to have a prayer time. They don't know how to pray. You're trying to pray. I don't know at the time. I've been trying to pray. And folk come to try to ask me theological questions. You're almost tempted to be rude and go, I'm trying to pray. Why don't you pray? But, you know, you'd be nice and say, Not now. Ask me later. You see people that you know is supposed to be praying and they're sitting there with their Bible. said, what's wrong with that? A lot. That's because folk don't know how to pray. You see people sitting there writing a manuscript. That's all right to have you pad by or something, God speak to you, jot it down, but not write three pages. No, 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 no. So people don't know how to wait on God. They got to be doing something. They gotta be doing something with their hands, gotta be talking, gotta be flipping. Something's gotta be going. They don't know how to just get quiet. Gotta have something going. And that's not good. And if you don't know how to rest, what does that mean? Don't know much about faith. And if you're not resting. You're not in faith, not operating in faith, because we which have believed do enter into rest. If you can rest in your body, healing and restoration can work in your body. If peace is working in you, there's healing in peace. Because peace is part of the manifest presence of God. So many times when we say, oh, we sense God, we sense His presence. So many times what specifically are we referring to? Peace. A lot of times we sense peace. And he manifests different ways. But so many times, strong peace. And we say, oh, we sense God. And there is healing in the presence of God. There's healing in the anointing. There's healing in the peace of God, which you're just saying the same thing. Presence and person of God. The peace of God. Healing in that peace. So if you can rest in your body... And let peace work in your body. Healing will be working in your body. But you can't rest outwardly until you can rest inwardly. Until you can rest on the inside. Sometimes people can't rest because their conscience is bothering them. Well, do whatever you've got to do to straighten that out. Get before the Lord and make it right. Sometimes you've got to go to people. Straighten up a lie that you told them. Repent. Whatever you do, do what you got to do to get yourself free on the inside so you can rest. Because you can't go around, pin up, tense all the time on the inside and have all the blessings of God and healing of God working in you like it ought to be. How many know you don't have to heal yourself? That's not what you, that's that's God's work. That's not your job. All you got to do is believe. And believing is resting. So all you got to do is rest. Now you'll be tempted not to rest, won't you? That's where the good fight of faith comes in, is to stay in the rest. Because, boy, you'll be tempted to get out. Just got to make up your mind. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. The devil's an agitator. He'll come to you and you'll say, What are you gonna do about this? I mean, you better get up to get do something about this. I mean, this what what are you gonna do? You got a problem here, man. Come on. What's he saying? Get upset. I mean, yeah. don't you care? Yeah. Worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least act like you're concerned. <laughs> what he's saying is, Don't rest, don't rest, don't rest. Why? Don't believe. Don't believe. Don't believe. Well, because that's how you whip him. That's how you whip him. Let me tell you what just absolutely frustrates the enemy's works and workers to no end. They come and try to alarm you and say, hey, man, you only got two days and you got to have this money. What are you going to come on? What are you going to do? And you just go, Nothing. What are you going to do? Come on, man. you got to do something. I mean, you probably need to go talk to this one and talk to this one. Turn in some prayer requests. And, and you need to do this. And you just go, don't need to. I've heard from God. God's heard from me. I've prayed. We believe we received. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Amen. Amen. Done. Done. And I'm just resting in it. What about the money? What about the money? God told me that if I give, it'd be given to me. Right. Good measure. Press down. Say, if I sow, I'm going to reap. I'm a sower. I'm a giver. The Lord told me he'd provide for me abundantly by his riches and glory. That I'd always have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. He told me that. We'll have it. It'll be fine. But when you see tension, when you see fear, anxiety, all these are indications of doubt and unbelief. But the doctors told me I've got this. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but the other. But you just have to relax and rest. That by stripes you're healed. Is that right? Right? By not trying to get healed, by stripes I was healed and am healed. Yeah, but what if you die? What if you die? No, with long life, he'll satisfy me, show me his salvation. The more faith you have, the more you rest, the less you worry. The less you panic, the less you fear, the less you fret. You just no need to, because God is God and He's faithful, ever-present help. Time of trouble. Is that right? And that's all He needs out of you is to rest in Him and count on Him. That's all he needs. If you're doing that, you're giving him every legal right for him to move in your life. But when you fret, when you fear, when you rave and rant and worry, you're not giving him the one thing he asked you for. And you actually hinder him moving and working in your life. How many understand the big enemy our big enemy is fear. Yeah. And that's that's the whopper. That's the big boy. That's the one the panic, the fear, the dread. That's that's the one you have to overcome. And that's why Jesus said, My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He said, in the world, you're going to have some tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have whooped the world. (laughs) I don't know what whoop is. That's worse than whip. I mean, when you've been whooped, it's, it's all over. Close the door. Turn in your trunks and gloves. I mean, you hooked. And he said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What is he saying to you? Chill out. Relax. Rest. Don't sweat it. Don't bother it. I've done it. I've defeated the enemy. I've overcome. i bought you healing. I paid for it. I've already figured out how to get the money to you. Relax. Relax. Faith rests. Faith rests. Faith rests. Faith rests. rests. It just rests. rests. It rests. It rests. It rests. It rests. It rests. If you can rest, you can recover. If you can rest, you can receive. Amen. Because it's not in your strength that you win. It's in His. And if you're not resting, then you're not depending on His strength. You're going in your own. But if you'll rest and lean on Him and depend on Him and relax, you'll begin to sense His great power coming up under you. Holding you. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, glory. The more you depend on yourself and the harder you try to do it yourself, the more frustrated you'll be, less results you'll have, the more tired you'll be, wrung out, but the more you learn to rest and depend on him the more grace comes to you the more he moves amen because if you're really depending on him completely there's no need for you to be uptight because he's the one who's going to do it he's the one I mean if he doesn't show up it's not going to happen And the more you live in that awareness. But how many know that he's faithful? If he said he'd be there, he'll be there. You can count on it. You can count on it. You can count on it. So let's purpose in our hearts today to rest. Not just right now, but all through the night. All through tomorrow. All through the weekend. And here's the test. All through Christmas. With long shopping lines and fewer shopping days and traffic and relatives and all. In the midst of it you can rest if you will. If you learn how to just lean on the greater one inside you. And just not let yourself think all those troublesome, fearful thoughts. But just keep your mind stayed on him. Think right. The Bible said to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. 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 Peace." This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries
1: and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.